Hello, welcome to Kiara Gets Drunk and Talks About Music. This is the first episode of our Take a Shot series where we discuss some of the day's most burning music topics. Sometimes it'll just be me on the mic. I'm Kiara, in case you're joining us for the first time today. And sometimes it'll be me and a guest or two. But the most important thing is that we're bringing you music content in a short and sweet digestible format. And don't worry, our regular format album discussions aren't going anywhere yet. Today it's just me, so let's get into it. Now, I feel like right off the bat, I have to make it very clear to the listeners that while this series is called Take a Shot, uh, I don't think there's going to be any shots actually being taken. I find that to be maybe a bit of a dangerous um, endeavor for, you know, a 15-minute episode. I was like, I don't want to pressure anybody into taking a million shots. So um, I am actually nursing a sweet bottle of water right now. Got to stay hydrated. Got to take care of yourself. Got to be healthy. Even though we're a podcast that likes booze, um, and I am a huge fan of booze myself, it is okay to take a breather every once in a while. Everything in moderation. Um, Now, today we're talking about a topic that is very near and dear to my heart, which is emo music. Now, I've talked about this on the pod before, but I grew up as an emo kid, albeit kind of a secret emo kid. I was very much into the mainstream emo scene. So talking about bands like My Chemical Romance, Taking Back Sunday, Fall Out Boy, Panic at the Disco. But it was in fact my ninth grade boyfriend who introduced me to some of my favorite bands that I listened to probably all throughout my entire high school experience. Um, Those include bands like A Day to Remember, Hawthorne Heights, Billy Talent, Mayday Parade, Cute is What We Aim For, Red Jumpsuit Apparatus, bands that I was maybe less likely to share that I listened to unless it was with somebody who I knew was also in on the emo scene. Emo was kind of like the worst kept secret. Do you know what I mean? Like you would listen to it and you might not necessarily talk about it because it wasn't super quote unquote cool to be emo in high school, but you could easily identify who else was listening to emo just based on like, you know, their fashion and their hair and um, the way that they like I don't know, wrote on their Converse or wrote on their Vans in the middle of the school day. It was pretty easy to pick them out. And I found myself definitely gravitating towards those types of people to discuss various emo topics. Now, um, I have always loved my emo music. Honestly, all throughout the pandemic, especially, I found myself consistently going back to it um, in a way where I was playing it like all the time. It became some of my favorite music to just kind of like sing along to when I was cooking or doing any kind of miscellaneous things. And then I discovered bands like First and Forever, who are based out of, I want to say Arizona. I apologize, First and Forever, if I got that wrong. But uh, bands like First and Forever who are making new emo music, music that I remember hearing in the year like 2009, 2010, they're making it now for like the new generation. And then you take it a step further and you've got people like Machine Gun Kelly and Travis Barker and, you know, their prodigy Lil Huddy, who they're really pushing this kind of like emo agenda onto, so to speak. And they're successful. They're, they're big. And like being emo is kind of cool. I guess it's kind of like pop punk emo in regards to those guys. But then we're stretching the term because even somebody like Drake has been labeled as an emo rapper. And so it got me thinking, is this the resurgence of emo? Like, are we in the midst of an emo renaissance? I wanted to go back and do a little bit of research myself and see kind of where emo actually came from. Because even though I considered myself an emo kid back in the day, I didn't actually know a lot about its history. I felt like it was just kind of thrust into my life and I just agreed with it and I liked it. And that was totally fine. 
But I went back and I found a really great article on Vulture, and they said that emo actually began as what was called emo core in Washington, D.C. in the 1980s. And emo core was this label, and it was basically applied to any bands that were less aggressive than the punk scene at the time. And they placed greater emphasis on melody, dynamics, and lyrics about feelings. So yes, I don't know who needs to hear this. Emo is short for emotional people. I feel like that's such like an easy connection to make, and yet we rarely talk about it. Anything that's labeled as emo stems from the word emotional. Now, seeing more and more people revert back to their kind of emo ways, it hasn't just been me that's been going through my own personal emo renaissance with my own music library. I've been seeing it on TikTok. I've been seeing it on Instagram. I've been seeing it on Twitter. And I think what gave us the most joy about this kind of music was the feeling and the drama and the intensity and this crazy mix of screaming and singing that just somehow worked. Now, what was also really exciting about this renaissance period that we're in is that these bands that we loved so much when we were kids are actually getting a second chance to kind of come back and prove themselves again, but they don't have to like change themselves. You know, I think of somebody like, Avril Lavigne, who her overall look, while it's kind of evolved, she's still that kind of like pop punk princess and she still will sell out shows and stick true to her writing style. And then you have bands who like, you know, MCR, I keep quoting My Chemical Romance, but it's because they're truly one of the most quintessential emo bands. And they had a huge humback when they humback. Oh my God not even drinking and she can't even talk. They had a huge comeback um, when they, you know, pre-COVID and they performed, I want to say it was like in California for a very, very, very small crowd in a very intimate venue. But people were going because of the power of this nostalgia, this music that we had over us. And I'm pretty sure that's why this music festival came about. So I'm not sure if you guys have heard of this, but uh, it was announced recently that there was going to be a music festival in Las Vegas called When We Were Young. And MC and Paramore are the headliners. But that's not just the only cool part about this. There are some major emo heavy hitters, pop punk and emo heavy hitters, I should say. Bands that we all kind of grew up listening to as emo kids like AFI, if you remember the song Miss Murder, that was like a huge one. Bring Me the Horizon, Taking Back Sunday, uh, Cute Without the E, anyone? That's a personal favorite of mine. Dashboard Confessional, Boys Like Girls, A Day to Remember the Main, Mayday Parade, Bright Eyes, Jimmy Eat World, Avril Lavigne, <laughs> the Ontario Princess uh, in the flesh, and so many more. And I remember seeing this lineup and being like, oh my God, I, if you had told my 14, 15 year old self that this would be happening when I was 28 and had disposable income and the ability to go and see bands, I probably would have lost my mind because it's truly a collection of some of the bands who, not that they have faded so much in the background, but they were such a big part of our lives. And then they kind of went away because that idea of that music just became less and less, I guess, appealing to the younger generation. I think we lost some of our emo bands when, um, you know, more alternative genres took the forefront and things like that, which by no means is a bad thing. Music is constantly evolving, but it was pretty incredible to see all these names lined up next to each other. And man, I, I wish I could get there and who knows, maybe I will, right? Every day is a new adventure, a new possibility. Maybe I will end up in Vegas to see some of my, uh, my favorite bands play again. Um, 
Now, a big part of, I think, what I wanted to talk about today, too, as part of this emo renaissance was, like, what makes it so special? What do we, as these kind of former and current emo kids, like about this music that makes us connect to it so deeply? And I kind of put together a short list um, from my perspective in terms of what I find really exciting about emo music and why I fell in love with it as, you know, just another 13-year-old, 14-year-old girl in uh, Toronto, Canada. So first of all, for me, what brings me so much joy in a great emo tune is the drama. So having a front woman or a front man who gives it absolutely everything and just screams it out and loses their voice essentially every single song. So I'm talking Gerard Way from MCR, Oliver Sykes from Bring Me the Horizon, George Pettit from Alexis on Fire, Haley Williams from Paramore. These people who like, it's almost like they get in the studio and they just like cut their heart out with a butter knife and leave it on the floor. Like you hear a lot of pain, you hear a lot of rawness in their voice and they're also very talented. Their vocal range has always been very impressive. They can fluctuate between, you know, being able to sing a smooth ballad, but also be able to like rock it out. And I've all really loved, I've always really loved that intensity about an emo song. Something that I also find really exciting about emo uh, has to do with the song titles. Um, I probably like many of you had MSN Messenger when I was growing up and uh, that was a perfect opportunity to share what you were listening to at the time to also put, you know, certain lyrics into your status or your away message or whatever it looked like. And I definitely did all of that. Um, So I always liked a good lyric that you could throw into your your MSN Messenger screen name, but also I loved a song title that had absolutely no relation to the song whatsoever. Um, so a couple examples off the top of my head are like, lying is the most fun a girl can have without taking her clothes off by Panic at the Disco. None of those words are ever uttered in the song. I don't get it. Um, I slept with someone in Fall Out Boy and all I got with this, and all I got was this stupid song written about me. Also one from Fall Out Boy, another classic, never really mentioned in the song itself. Also, side tangent, a lot of these titles were extraordinarily long, and I feel like it was also like meant to not fit on your iPod screen. It was kind of like a fuck you to the big music companies. At least that's how I saw it. And I'm pretty sure Fall Out Boy has a song that says like, haha, this you know, this title will never fit on your stupid iPod screen or something like that. It was very cheeky and I enjoyed it. Um, but another aspect that I liked in regards to uh, the title of the song was when they included somebody's name in the title. And what jumps to mind for me is one of my favorite kind of emo songs ever from Mayday Parade, which is called Jamie All Over. A uh, great example, too, would be in their song, Miserable at Best. They talk about a girl named Katie. Um, Check Yes, Juliet is another one. Um, we're just like singing singing about a girl. And can you imagine if your name was Juliet or Katie or Jamie and you were like going through this time being like, it was written about me. That's huge. And as somebody with a name that is mispronounced more often than not, I can tell you it's never happened to me. But, you know, a girl can dream. And the last aspect that I really enjoyed about the emo genre was having a funny, edgy, or super dramatic and sad music video. You guys know if you've been listening to the podcast, I am a massive fan of music videos. I personally miss the days where I would just like get home from school, turn on much music, watch the 30 video countdown and spend an hour and a half glued to the TV, just like hoping that they were going to play like, I don't know, Mariana's Trench or like Headley or I don't know MCR something um so I'm a big music video fan I like when the bands go really over the top with their videos or just really stupid there's something really funny about taking yourself super seriously in a song and then having this like hilarious music video to accompany it so a couple of the ones that really stuck out to me so I'm not okay by My Chemical Romance it's kind of done in like this 
faux movie trailer type of way. And obviously the song I'm Not Okay is not a funny song, but the music video is done like this teen drama or teen comedy drama movie at a private school and all the guys are just like I don't know getting into shit and it's just a really funny video um misery business on the other hand is one that's a little bit more on the edgy side of the spectrum so if you guys remember the video from Paramore that's all about kind of like I'm gonna say it's about tearing somebody else down not that I condone that but it's kind of about attacking the the popular girl and seeing a popular girl for you know a fake person that she really is and so I think as emo girls we might have identified with that a little bit not being the cool girl necessarily not being the pretty girl in school or whatever it might be so I always appreciated that music video as well even though I know it's taken a bit more of a uh, a door of a hit I would say in recent years for its content miserable at best by Mayday Parade the one that talks about Katie Katie don't cry very sad music video um very just you know there's lots of snow there's lots of dim lighting there's lots of sad emo faces it just brings me so much joy to watch that video and then you have you know bands who really like can play within all kinds of all all senses of that spectrum like I think of them all American rejects and they can do something super funny like um gives you hell uh, but then they can do something that's a little bit more meaningful, like Dirty Little Secret. Move Along is a little bit more cinematic. Sweat is definitely more cinematic. And then they have, um, oh my God, there's one, I can't remember what it's called. It's one of their newer singles that's like really dramatic. So I feel like having uh, Tyson Ritter in the mix really mixes up just your, uh, your, your general emo music videos. I do have a special mention though. One of my favorite music videos of all time, and it will continue to be one of my favorite music videos of all time. It actually really never leaves my YouTube app. Like when I go onto YouTube to like watch videos, I it, it just like pops up. Like my YouTube's like, oh, you wanted to watch this again? And I'm like, sure, why not? I'm already here. Um, and that would be Ghost of You by My Chemical Romance. And if you haven't watched the video, I would urge you to do so because it is done so well. Like it was directed well. The cinematography is beautiful. The costume design is beautiful. It's essentially the band and they're going off to war. It's like D-Day. It is wonderful. It is wonderfully done. Obviously, Gerard Way has my heart and soul and he has had that since I was 14. So um, it's very exciting for me to watch. Now, um, when it comes to just like the emo genre in general, I think, as I mentioned before, that the nostalgia piece is huge. And what I've really liked about this emo renaissance is that I don't actually feel embarrassed about these songs anymore. I feel joy. I feel happiness that I'm able to like go out into the world and like playing on my AirPods is my chemical romance or it's the main or I don't know, somebody that I just haven't listened to in a long time because it actually makes me feel good. It makes me feel like myself. And I hope that everybody else who's possibly experiencing this emo renaissance also feels that as well. Now, um, that brings us to the end of our Take a Shot episode one. I hope you guys like this new format. Um, I hope I didn't bore you by talking to you just the entire time, you know, me over here. Um, But uh, it's been, it was great to talk emo today, even if it was not to anybody but myself. And uh, again, I hope you enjoyed it. Please subscribe to the podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Kiara Gets Drunk for more info. And until then, everybody stay safe during the pandemic and we will be back with more episodes soon.